I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Back at it here on 88.3 WT. After further review, here with David the Man of God Harris. David, what's what's your surprise? So I completely forgot about during that last segment, kind of lapsed judgment as we were talking about the Rockets and Buckeyes. And over the past couple of weeks, kind of building up to this, Derek, you had mentioned a couple of times that you were wishing that you could find the audio broadcast for that game, mm-hmm. and I'm here to tell you that on my hard drive, I have three hours, 46 minutes, and 39 seconds of the Rockets and Buckeyes. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saved it, too. It's on one of my old hard drives. Yes. How'd you find it, How'd though? You... How did you get it? Yeah, so, so, like, when I downloaded um, all of my old shows, you know, for my radio shows, I downloaded also... Um, all the football games and some of the basketball games that I covered mm-hmm. along with that. So mm-hmm. I have that game. I have our game against Northern Illinois. The one, the 63 When we played 60. New Hampshire. Um, and then some of our W, some of the WNIT games mm-hmm. that I did solo broadcast for. So I got, got a little sample just, just in case I need some evidence and proof if I ever do go back into radio. Mm. Did you listen to the game? Yep, I did. Um, including our technical difficulty where I came back from the break um, a couple times where we threw it back to Nick and Ben in the studio for the halftime report. Um, Lance doing some of the halftime and post-game coverage. You're wait, wait, wait. Definitely Nick and a ben. sold-out memory lane. Nick and Ben. Yep, you- oh, Nick. Yes, yes. He yes. was a freshman. I don't remember Ben, but I remember Nick. Yes, he was from Cleveland, St. Ignatius, and then... Who was also there? Sure. So it was Nick and Ben in studio kind of mm-hmm. doing like their halftime report after mm-hmm. some radio. Um, so Lance Dasher was there. Um, myself, you were on the call. Jake I Jones think, was there. I remember that. Yeah, I can't remember if Jed was there. No, no. Jed and no, Jed and Jed and um Zach didn't and come Zach. to school, didn't, didn't get here until I think the 13, actually 2014 season. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, they, no yeah. that, that, that was way before they came. I'm trying to think, Lance Dasher. Wow, I forgot, that, I forgot about those names. But yeah, that, that's actually pretty interesting. Yes, I do. I know I do have it somewhere on my hard drive somewhere. So I remember it. I forgot Nick and Ben were at back of the studio doing the. Um, uh, did you? Did, it got the whole game right because at first we were trying to do it where it w- was wireless internet, and because of how Ohio Stadium is, it's got a brick wall, so uh, it's nothing but concrete. So the wireless was just bad. You got to remember this was also 2011 when wireless was just starting to really articulate. Uh, now it's it's pretty good. Now you can do wireless anywhere, but back then it was like ugh, the bandwidth was, was bad. Rough. It was really rough. 
Um, but yeah. no, I, I actually would go back and try to look that up. I haven't had really time this week, but I do know I have it on one of my old hard drives and most of all the games that I've done and everything like that. But yeah. uh, I just remember at the end when the Rockets were trying to go for that go-ahead score, how much the Ohio State fans were just on sitting on their hands. And then after that fourth down incompletion, they had a sigh of relief. Yeah, you, and definitely like one of the things about our broadcast is you could definitely hear all the crowd noise and the crowd reactions, and obviously the you know the in-stadium PA announcer mm-hmm. kind of throughout with some things. But yeah, there were definitely moments in there where when we were up, it was quiet. Mm-hmm. It was basically us and the PA announcer, the only things that you could hear. Mm-hmm. Wow, blast from the past! Over eleven years ago, actually, around September tenth, I think we played them. Or was it 11? I think it was September 10th. Uh, it came up on my Facebook memories, and then we went down on the field and, and took pictures and everything. And after the, the stadium's actually kind of eerie. It's like a little ghost town in there when you listen to it. But moving on, we had, should have had that in the last segment. Uh, Robert Sarver has been re- suspended for a year and $10 million fine. Uh, I know Frank doesn't think it's it's enough. Your thoughts. This is a guy that was, he fostered an environment of racism, sexism, and general harassment within the organization. He's also the owner of the Phoenix Mercury, which is the WNBA team. And David, your thoughts. Yeah, I I think it's like, I I understand the calls for more punishment because if, if this is a longstanding, if this is, his nature within this environment, because it's been happening for years, you don't just foster an environment of racism, sexism, misogyny overnight. And particularly thinking about this, the majority of players in the Phoenix Suns, black, WNBA, Phoenix Mercury, predominantly black league. If we're thinking about the context and like all the things that has been Stated and confirmed and affirmed by current um, current members of the organization, former members of the organization, players. It seems like everything screams that this should be, you know, akin to Donald Sterling. I think the one thing, and I agree, kind of as we we're thinking about throughout the week. With the Donald Sterling, there was video proof. There was evidence, and there was also they wanted him out of the league by any means necessary. And so this was like a first public outrage trying to sell the team getting out of Donald Sterling's hands. So if we can get him out, we will do so. I think with Robert Sarver, I don't know if there's that same level of we got to get this owner out of here from other owners, even if he isn't the most respected of owners. But there isn't that same, eh, he's, he's got to go the same way that it was for Donald Sterling. I think a year's probably light, but could have been two years? Sure. Could he have been paid more money? Sure. But like the money, we know money for billionaires doesn't mean jack crap. No, so it's like, but I, I think that here's the problem. And I think people don't seem to understand this is that um, Donald Sterling was cheap. 
The Lakers were all, the Clippers, excuse me, were always bad, always cut corners. He wasn't good for the league in the pockets of the owners. See, the owners don't care until you're affecting their pockets. So yeah. the reason why I think Sterling is more pushed out was because you got to remember what pays for the what 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 makes the NBA well, actually what makes any sports league the TV contracts. You're getting that extra money from the TV contracts. I think the revenue split up, and that's what's helping to pay a lot of these players' contract money. And it makes the less the uh, league thrive. It gets it gives it notoriety. The problem in the Sterling, Sterling, uh, Sterling, Donald Sterling situation was that yes, he said these things racially insensitive things about African Americans, blacks. They decided they wanted to basically strike or forfeit games. Well, remember, it was during the playoffs. That's where the big bucks come. So now you got these guys, you know, basically saying, well, we're not going to play. Well, the TV network's going to be like, well, Mr. S- Mr. Silver, if these guys don't play, uh, you know, you need to give us some of our money back. You know, we want to return on investment. And if you start losing games, you start losing money. And some of those owners need that money. So now he's a bad look. Sarver's not really hitting the pocket of a lot of these owners. So it's kind of like, you got to remember these teams are privately owned. They're their own entity. There's only so much the league can do. He owns the team. You you can't take it away from him. You, you, you do all that immoral stuff that you can, as long as he's not doing anything to financially hurt the league, or he's doing anything to financially hurt the Suns or the mercury. They're not going to really care. You got to remember all the owners are buddies. The commissioners usually work for the owners in these professional leagues. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. So us, we're going through a moral and emotional state and saying, well, you need to get rid of this guy. You're thinking of it as he's some Joe Blow employee that does this. Well, yeah, they're going to get fired. Well, what do you do when it's the actual owner? It's the good old boys club. So they can do what they want to do. Toxic environment said the n-word several times but he was one of those guys that was just joking some people say that well he thought he was joking but i I just think that he just doesn't get it and you you realize that with a lot of people that have money they just socially don't get it they just they lack a lot of social cues but as long as he's not messing up with the money of the league they're not going to do anything now maybe if this was during the playoffs and chris paul decided you know we're going to do this and that and not play, then the, some of the owners would probably call Mr. Mister Silver and go, hey, look, you know, we need to take care of the situation. He messing with the money. But if this is his own private situation and it's only affecting the Phoenix Sun and the Mercury and it's in the work environment, then nothing's going to happen. Because then also you can't be an owner and speak up because then they might investigate you. Look at Dan Snyder with the commanders. They ain't done nothing to him, and I think he's way worse than than actual what, what than Sarver. But at least I give the NBA credit; he gave him a suspension and ten million dollar fine. But look at Dan Snyder; multiple things against him, and what has happened? Nothing. It's almost like they're scared of him. So I know Frank was saying that oh, there should be this punishment, this and that. But you got to understand, there's other semantics that are involved with this that it makes this situation kind of more trickier than what it is. Yeah, and I would agree. I think my my biggest point, alongside um, 
it not being like length and magnitude, like how much can you suspend an owner? And I, I kind of want to preface, like how much can you say without seeing it? So I think a lot of people, when they heard the tapes of Donald Sterling, like that was the final nail in the coffin. Well, like also, I think a lot of people think about it, David. He got banned for life. He was uh, he was fined two point five million dollars, but then they sold the team for billions. He won. Okay, you ban me, I'll sell the team, but I'm about to make these billions. So who wins? And maybe it's a win win for both. We get rid of Sterling. Sterling makes his cash. We're rid of each other. We're done. At the end of the day, they're going to get the leg up on it. And like it says, how many team owners? are going to step up and say something because everybody has something in their in their closet. So there's a lot of these guys that I don't want to get found out, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It is what it is. They got to have they have to unify with each other. Cuz if not, then you're going to have the players running the show and then there's no point of really owning the team. It's kind of like, "Oh, well, you want to own an NBA team? Why? The players do whatever the heck they want to do. Why would I deal with this headache?" So you got to kind of keep that facade and that balance to show that, "Hey, if you're owner of the team, you call you're the shot caller." Yeah, and and I can see kind of as people are looking at this, I I think kind of to your point, if the Suns weren't winning, then this wouldn't be like he would have been gone. You know, yesterday I think success breeds a little bit of that silence from kind of the mainstream media. I mean, they tried to even releasing this. I, I mean, how long did they known? about this suspension that was coming for Robert Sarver. How long prior to them releasing it, they tried to do it on a dump in the middle, of, you know, at the start of kickoff football season. They're like, oh, let's try to hide this. And so it goes out of sight, out of mind in the media news feed and kind of the minds of people so that we're not even thinking about it. So it's like, so that when it comes time to, you know, talk more earnest about NBA, people are like, oh, where's Robert Sarver? Oh, you know, he got suspended for... For a year, fine, $2 million for doing this. And everyone's going to be, you know, doing the wait, what? Like, when did this happen? So I think part of it, the timing kind of lends itself to wanting to just kind of put this out of sight, out of mind as soon as right. possible. Mm-hmm. During the offseason. The, yeah, when no one's thinking about Phoenix Suns or no. even because the Phoenix Mercury aren't playing. So right. you can do it after their season. So, and, you know, how many people are really follow the WNBA that aren't the diehards or people that are invested in it. So they they found a way to sneak this under the radar. But I think part of that, like if there is audio visual proof like there was for Sterling, I think that will be something that doesn't bow well for Cyber because I think the calls get escalated for, you know, boom, he's got a there's going to, there's going to be more heat if there's any kind of proof. Right. And that was another thing with Ster- Donald Sterling. There's proof. So now you got this thing on tape. You can't backtrack. But this is now all allegations. He said, she said, and like I like I said before, as long as you're not bad for business, you can do whatever the heck with your business. Now, if you start messing up, then it's like, okay, you know, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, you got to be really careful how th- those things get played out. Um, 
let's see here. I, the MPBA executive director wants Sarver banned for life, and this is what she had to say, I believe, on NBA Today. Um, and then we'll also look at what um, they, uh, Silver had, Adam Silver had to say as well about the situation. Uh, let's, let's see if it pulls up. Wow. The circle of death right here. Here we go, right here. It is our players' desire that while we understand that there has been a thorough investigation and we're very pleased that the NBA was able to follow through on that because that's... Well, we try to play that and it just let's see if we can do this again. Is it saying it was a bad format on this browser? Huh. Let's try that. Let's try this again. But like I said before, we'll probably go to the Adam Silver uh, situation here as well. Or maybe we can just get this over here. Actually, we'll probably pull 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 this up right here and a little bit better. But as I said before, it's it's all about business as usual with them. And if you're if you're not hitting people's pockets, they don't really care. All right, here we go. a thorough investigation and we're the executive director of the MBPA. I am speaking on behalf of our players. It is our players desire that while we understand that there has been a thorough investigation and we're very pleased that the NBA was able to follow through on that because that's clearly something that we want to see happen. We also want to make it very clear that we do not want him back in a position where he will be impacting our players and those who serve our players on a daily basis. So what conversations have you had with players and what sentiments have they shared with you that led you to this overall conclusion that all players, that the player's position is that they would like Mr. Sarver removed? Yeah, so I've had many conversations with our players over the last 48, 72 hours, and it is very clear after our review of the report from Wachtell Lipton, as well as the press release, that this is something that we absolutely do not condone. So no, they don't, they don't, they don't condone it. And I mean, there's some, some that it got on Twitter that mentioned it as before. They don't, they don't condone it as far as Chris Paul and LeBron James. And I think kind of looking at both of them, particularly Chris Paul, just because former, you know, players union president, you know, one of the two faces of the franchise veteran experience respect around the league but then also he was around he was with the clippers when the sterling you know with the sterling chaos so him having a particular vantage point of what an impact the owner can have off the court and how it could affect on court do i think that there'll be a stage protest Walk out like we saw with the Clippers. 
I don't. I don't know. We're we're still. You know, well, he's suspended, over a month so away. You, you can't really. Yeah. You can't really do anything with him being suspended. Here's Adam Silver's take. Ultimate question is why the penalty in the case of Donald Sterling is different than than Mr. Sarver. So I'd say number one, it was the same law firm, the same investigators, both who looked into the Sterling matters, looked into Sarver's matter, and ultimately the same league office and the same ultimate judge. And for me, the situations were dramatically different. I think what, what we saw in the case of Donald Sterling was um, a blatant, um, blatant racist conduct um, directed um, at a select group of people. Um, and while it's difficult to know what is in someone's heart or in their mind, we heard those words, and then there was a follow-up from the league office, and that became public as well in terms of what Mr. Sterling even subsequently said about his actions. So in the case of Robert Sarver, as I said, first of all, we're looking at the totality of circumstances over an 18-year period um, in which he's owned these teams. Um, and ultimately, we made a judgment, I made a judgment, that in the circumstances in which he had used that language and that behavior, that while, as I said, it was indefensible is, 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 is not strong enough. There's, it, it's beyond the pale in every possible way um, to use language and behave that way, but that it was wholly of a different kind than what we saw in that earlier case. And, and I also say that I would like to think that all of us would want to be judged in, by the totality of everything they've done good and bad. It may be that in certain cases, something you've done is so bad, it doesn't matter what all the other good things you've done. But I think in this case, looking back over his track record of, of hiring, his track record um, of support of particular employees, what the actual people said about him. Remember, I mean, while there were these, these terrible things, there were also Many, many people who had very positive things to say about him through this process. And ultimately, I took all of that into account in making the decision that the one-year suspension plus the fine um, was appropriate. That was Stern, or I assume it's Silver, take on it. He was putting in the good and the bad, and that's why they came up with the one year. So it tells you that Donald Sterling was pretty much not liked and then when he started messing with the money, they got rid of him. Here, Sarver is liked amongst the owners, and he got a one-year suspension. Yeah, and I, and I think it was really telling. I was listening. Like, he right away, he mentioned it was what we saw from Donald Sterling. And he didn't mention it when talking about uh, Robert Sarver. He was talking about what what he, not just what he didn't see, but then when he was looking for kind of that other side, kind of way it says, you know, there's many, many, many people that said good things. Like, like you're basically you know, playing your hand at that point, like to where you weren't going to 
give a worse punishment than that. If you're saying that, well, one, you were looking for the proof you didn't find any, so boom, red flag right there. So he wasn't wasn't going to go to that level of magnitude of um, Colin Sterling. But then also when you're trying to justify it by finding all, you know, oh, he does this, he does this for the community, this is an organization. So now you're putting up this perver- proverbial two sides. You know, who do you believe? All the good, good people, you know, the many, many people that said great things or the people that came out with all the accusations? Are they not many, many people as well? It's it's interesting how he's navigating this. But at the end of the day, he came out with, you know, it's only one year. So that's the suspension. And then players, personnel, as we get closer to the season, will this come back up? Maybe, maybe not. Will we get a further, deeper explanation? Who knows? Maybe someone will need to press him. But for now, that's the conclusion they came up with, whether you agree or disagree with it. Yeah, that's, that's true. It is what it is. Now, knowing anything, I think he might mess up again after he gets, you know, you know, after his suspension is over. Only time will tell. True colors will still come out. I mean, it, eventually you, you'll show your true self. So, um, you know, maybe he will change. Hopefully, you know, he something he's supposed to take sensitivity training and all that. So, uh, hopefully, he does change. But um, possibly not. Uh, but we'll see. And then maybe the next time the punishment will be har- harsher. But at least the NBA took a stand on something and just didn't do the like the NFL and Twitter twiddle their thumbs. Yeah, it shows that you know. Again, Adam Silver, one of the more respected commissioners, owners, because when it comes down to handing punishment, he's actually going to do something, unlike one Roger Goodell. Right. You're never bigger than the brand, and that's the reason why I love the NBA, because David Stern believed in that, and now Adam Silver. We'll take a quick commercial break. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to come back, and guess what, David? It's time for the NFL Pick'em. Once again, make sure you always listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. Saturdays, 11.30 to 1.30. Started off a little late today, but we still get in a good hour and a half, two hours of good show here. If you missed the show on the live stream, which is on Facebook after further review or on the live radio here on 88.3 WGT, we always got our segments up on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Name of the show as usual. WHT's after further review with a picture of Frank Basher and the horse's head. Cut up next. Our favorite and the fans' favorite part of the show, the NFL pickup. We'll be back after this.